Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, everybody? You are listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen, and I'm coming to you on yet another beautiful day here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's up and at them, getting after it, trying to get after that money, chasing their dreams, trying to feed their families. You know what I'm saying? Pay their bills. You feel me? The chefs out there in the cafes making bonji cages, serving, you know, hot coffee and, and, and tea and things of that nature, you know what I'm saying, the metros are full, the buses are full, the streets are full, it's Monday morning, y'all, I hope y'all feeling good, because I'm feeling great, I'm feeling great today, you know, and today, yet again, in this episode, we're talking about American English accents, I should say American accents, right, Um, and in the last episode, we talked about accents from the West Coast, Mainly, I mean, I really only focused on California, and most of the people, if I remember correctly, were from Los Angeles, which is like the classic West Coast accent, you know what I'm saying? Again, these these next couple episodes about accents are really just generalizations, okay? Because, like I said in the last episode, you can divide the country into, you know, four major regions, the West, the South, the East, and the Midwest, all right. But even in those four regions, you can divide it into even smaller sub regions and find different variations in the accents and dialects that you hear uh, when you come to the United States. You know what I'm saying? So today we're talking about down south. OK, now down south, the region of the south or the southern region is how I should say that the southern region of the United States is like, you know, Texas. Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, this region of the United States, South Carolina, North Carolina, we consider this the South, okay? Now, if you look at the map of the United States, you'll also see Arizona, New Mexico, and I guess Southern California, and you might consider that the South, but it's really not, and I won't get into it in this podcast, maybe another one, but there's a reason that only part of the southern half of the map or the southern half of the country is considered the south. So just so you know, all those states I just mentioned, except for Arizona and New Mexico, are considered the south of the United States. And you'll see 
in just a minute here that the accent is very different from what you heard in the last episode about the West Coast accents, all right? So we're going to do it the same way we did it um, in the last episode. I got five different people here, and I'm going to play an audio clip from each of these five people just so you can get accustomed to different accents of people from different cities and states. And then after each audio clip, I'm going to go through and explain maybe like some words or phrases that they said that I imagine you've never heard before or um, that you'll never hear in your English class or, or, you know, just maybe cultural references and stuff like that, just to make sure you understand, if not everything, the majority of the things that are said in each audio clip. All right, so let's not waste any time, man. The the first person that we got here today is Chad Prather. Chad Prather. And um, Chad Prather was born, actually, he was born in New Jersey, which is the East Coast. You know, it's, it's up there near uh, New York City. But he grew up in Georgia. And now he lives in Texas. So he grew up in the South. You know what I'm saying? And you'll definitely be able to hear that in the way he talks in just a minute. Now, uh, Chad Prather is a motivational speaker and also a podcast host. Okay. And in this audio clip, uh, he talks about his Southern accent and his Southern dialect of English. And he's basically responding to some comments that people made about the way he talks. All right. So let's check it out. Well, it may be a little early in the week for a rant, but I got a message today that I thought you might enjoy. Somebody said, Chad, we're offended by your Southern accent. It proves to us you're not intelligent. Well, maybe I'm not that smart. I would love to be as smooth, sophisticated, suave, and debonair as those of you who send me those messages seem to be. I wish that I could articulate my thoughts and enunciate my words as well as you master communicators must be capable of doing. However, I grew up in the state of Georgia where a southern dialect really was our only option. And now, after living all these years in the state of Texas, nobody yet has stopped me for using a phrase such as y'all or gonna or fixin' to. Yet you say it makes me sound less than intelligent. You can stop listening. In fact, nobody ever invited you into the conversation. It's okay. Just walk away. If that's all it takes really to offend your feeble mind, however, let me remind you, we got a lot of guns down here. We hunt, we fish, we burn up the ozone layer with our four-wheel drive trucks and our diesel engines. We refer to women in our lives as dear darling and sweetheart, not as a term that's derogatory or offensive, but as a term of endearment, and most of them tend to like it. We teach our children to say ma'am and sir to their elders and to do so for the rest of their lives as a sign of respect no matter how old they get. Believe it or not, no matter what the, so, what the media wants to tell you, we get along by and large with people who are not just like us, whether it's differences in the color of their skin or the country they come from or yes even those of you up north y'all come on down and ladies no matter how liberated you get we as southern gentlemen we've been taught and we're going to fight for the right to hold the door open for you i'm sorry if that's offensive yep our parents disciplined us as we were growing up with something a little bit stronger than time out and it taught us self-respect self-discipline and respect for other people i'm sorry if the way we talk offends you not really. Hey, love y'all. Really do. And here's another term we use down south, and we're not ashamed of it. God bless. All right. So that was Chad Prather from uh, the state of Georgia, who now lives in Texas. And first, I just want to say, because I was listening to the audio clip at the same time that you were listening to it. And um, I just want to say, don't feel bad if you couldn't understand everything he was saying, because one, he was talking very fast very fast all right so don't feel bad don't feel like your english is terrible your your comprehension skills are shit you don't need to feel that way because he's talking very very fast 
and he has that southern accent which we say it kind of has a little bit of a twang on it you know what i'm saying because he's talking like this and really really fast and so it's hard to understand what he's saying you know what i'm saying so it's don't feel bad i just wanted to put that out there you know i don't want you to be discouraged but now we're going to talk about some things that he said in that audio clip and just maybe you didn't even understand the main idea of what he was talking about so just to sort of summarize what he was saying there were some people that left some comments i guess online or something like that talking about you know his accent and the way that he speaks they find it offensive or they it they think that he seems less intelligent because he talks that way because he doesn't talk proper like an educated man you know so a lot of people there's, a, there's some preconception about different accents, no matter where you go, right? So a lot of times in the United States, it's the Southern accent. You know, people who come from the South and, and speak with that accent or speak with the Southern dialect, you know, a lot of people might look at them as if they're less intelligent, less educated, less capable of doing things, you know what I'm saying, just because of the way they talk. So I think what he was trying to do is, in a funny way, respond to those people by saying fuck you this is the way i talk you know what i'm saying and you don't have to listen to me talk if you don't want to matter of fact i wasn't even talking to you so you know i think basically that's what he was saying so now finally let's get into some things that uh, he said all right so at one point he said i wish i could be as smooth sophisticated suave and debonair all right now smooth these are he's these are different adjectives that he's using to describe the way that he talks. You know, if somebody talks smooth, they're really cool and they're good with their words and they sound really nice. It's nice and it's nice and smooth and suave, you know what I'm saying? It's really really cool. And sophisticated basically means, you know, really like using big technical words that make you seem like you're really educated you know what i'm saying like you got a phd or some shit like that you know and then debonair is kind of like it's it kind of it's another word for like fancy you know so he's saying i wish i could be as cool and, and sophisticated and fancy and speak as beautifully as you people that are criticizing me but i grew up in georgia so talking like this was my only option this is how people talk where i'm from you know and um he said articulate my thoughts and enunciate my words now articulate my thoughts basically just means clearly explain my thoughts with words you know what i'm saying to articulate and then enunciate in this context basically means to pronounce properly the words that you're saying so instead of saying you know what i'm talking about I would say, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm enunciating, pronouncing very clearly each word so you can clearly understand what I'm saying. I'm not pronouncing the words in a more relaxed, informal way. Like, you know, on some, it's much more difficult to understand me when I pronounce my words that way because I'm not enunciating, all right? Uh, and then he said, I've never been stopped for using words such as y'all, gonna, or fixing to. Now, y'all is just a contraction of the words you and all so if i say hey you all over there or hey y'all over there it's the same thing it's just a way to address multiple people at the same time y'all uh gonna is a contraction of going and to for example uh i'm gonna call you or i'm going to call you it's the same thing it's just informal and fixing to 
is really you only I think you only hear people say this in the South, man, for real. It it just means I'm about to. For example, I'm fixing to go to the store. It means I'm about to go to the store. Or very soon I'm going to the store. And it's funny because uh when you look at the racial history of the United States, especially in the South, you know, after slavery ended, we had segregation, which in my mind kind of created two separate distinct cultures in the United States, at least in the South. You got Southern black culture and you got Southern white culture. And again, this is just a, a generalization and this is just the way I see it. I'm not an expert, obviously, but it's funny because you'll hear white people in the South say fixing to and black people say finna which is a contraction of fixing to, like, I'm finna go to the store, really means I'm fixing to go to the store. The same way I'm going to go to the store becomes I'm gonna. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Just a small detail I thought was interesting and I wanted to share it with you. But anyway, feeble mind. When he said, if that's all it takes to offend your feeble mind, I think what he's trying to say is, if that's all it takes to offend your weak mind, mind feeble means weak not strong you know what i'm saying and then he said we use we call women dear darling and sweetheart and these are just these are terms of endearment and he actually said that now a term of endearment basically is like something that you call someone in a loving or caring or or uh yeah in a loving way you know what i'm saying so if i call you dear or sweetheart or darling i'm I I like you, you know, I, I have some kind of affection in my heart for you, and I want you to know that. It's just, it's sweet, it's nice. You know, he's saying we don't do it in a derogatory way, which means we're not trying to disrespect you by calling you sweetheart or darling or dear. We do it because we like you, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's what he was trying to say. And then he said, we teach our children to call uh, their elders ma'am and sir. Now, an elder is somebody that's older than you. That's your elder. Now, ma'am and sir are terms that we use to show respect for our elders. So you call women ma'am, M-A apostrophe A-M. It sounds very, it sounds a lot like man, like like guy, me, man. But it's ma'am with an M on the end. And don't feel, don't worry about it because a lot of people are afraid of using the word ma'am with a woman and sounding like they're calling them a man. But Native speakers can clearly hear the difference, and all you need is the context, really, to know the difference. So, we call women, ma'am, to show respect, and we call men, sir, okay? Um, and then he said, by and large, we get, ar- we get along with most people, or something like that. Now, by and large just means in the majority, uh, how can I say that? The majority of the time, most of the time. It's just a, an expression that means the majority of the time, by and large, in general, right? And then he said, um, we got disciplined with something a little bit stronger than time out. Now, time out is like, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a discipline tactic that some parents use. Like, let's say a, a child is doing something bad, like he, I don't know, he's painting on the walls or he hits his little sister or he breaks the TV or something like that on purpose. You know, he's trying to do something bad. The parents will say, go sit and time out, which means go sit in the corner by yourself and you can't do anything for a determined period of time. You know, like in a basketball game, they have time out, the game stops, 
everything stops. That's basically the same idea, except some people use that tactic to punish their kids. And what he's saying is in the South, you know, a lot of times you don't get time out. You just get your ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, let's see where we at now. Man, I spent way too long explaining all that. So forgive me because we got to get on to the next person here. All right. So the next person on the list is Kevin Gates. All right. Now, Kevin Gates uh, was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. He's a rapper and a songwriter. And in this audio clip, he talks about uh, life in the streets, you know, a life of crime, a life um, growing up basically in the street, you know, and the consequences of living that lifestyle. All right. So here we go. You know, I'm a man of great morals and I'm a man of great principles. I never read it on nobody. And that's when I could look in the mirror and look at myself and say, you know what, Kevin, I fuck with you. You know, I always stood tall, win, lose, or maybe. My grandfather taught me that. You're not fighting to win. Every time you fight, make sure you die. You're going in there to die. Mm. You're going in there to get your point across because your children got to live up under your name. What kind of name you want for yourself? Now, I don't want the name of an individual that I let somebody trick me on my position with words. No, and I tell that to all my younger brothers also, you heard me, because I'm involved in a youth like a, a youth mentorship program where I mentor the young people. I just want them to know, you know, look at me as an example. Man, whenever somebody say something about you, you heard me, whether it's direct or indirect, don't entertain that. But don't let nobody trick you out your position, man. You know what I'm saying? Birdman been focused. good. Birdman been good for that. If you notice someone like a Birdman, everyone takes shots at him, he don't say nothing and keep man, getting, you heard what keep Bird, getting rich. You heard what Birdman said also, huh? Beef, I don't discuss. Mm. I don't discuss. Right. You okay. know. You know, you talk about, you know, I'm sure you were in a lot of positions where if you gave certain people up that your time would be shaved off significantly or you'd be let go. I ain't didn't had that situation happen with me before where if you rat, then you could go home early. I ain't had that. You never had that? No, I ain't never had that. But I done seen it where individuals, man, I got information and not go to jail. Nah, every time I go to jail, I got to lay down, bro, for some reason. I know a lot of people that go and come right up out that thing. Yeah. I just, I wasn't that fortunate. My consequences always was harder mm -hmm. and harsher. And I always ask God, like, man, why I always got to get the short end of the stick? You know what I'm saying? Why I always got to get the, 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 you know, the raw end of the deal? Well, but you know. But with great power comes great responsibility. So I had to be molded into what I am. But, you know, you may not have been given that opportunity, but being in the streets, you know things, and you could always volunteer yeah, you could certain tell, yeah. information. You'll be a CI, a confidential informant. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's always an option in the legal system. Yeah, because, you know, if you really pay attention, the police only know what you tell them. Right. And right now they follow rappers right now because rappers like to affiliate themselves with D-boys. Like, that's supposed to get them some type of certification because you with somebody that hustle. Mm -hmm. You really ain't doing nothing but putting his family in jeopardy. You hear me? Mm. Man, that, that don't go together, man. Rap in the streets don't go together. This entertainment. Entertainment in the streets don't go together. You know, but I found a way to tell my story and tell the story of the individuals around me. You know what I'm saying? And people relate to it. You know, what I do is something called reality rap. You well, know. Well, why, do, why do you think so many rappers like to 
you know, affiliate themselves with criminals? I don't know. Like I say, maybe, maybe it might give them some type of certification. Hmm. I don't know. But me, I just know this. Man, when you were a rapper and you in the light, the individuals around you in the light too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the rapper, but what does he do? What does he do? That's when them questions get to, you know, then them investigations say, bro, when the feds come, they like Jesus Christ. They already know everything about you right. so when what, they come. A 95% conviction rate? They got a 98% conviction rate. Not because of not because of they've been doing good police work, because niggas tell. Niggas rap. Niggas tell on niggas. Niggas kill niggas. Niggas jack niggas. Niggas hate on their homeboys. That's what niggas do. We do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why they got a 98% conviction rate, because niggas go in there and talk. Do you feel it's getting worse? Do you feel that when you were younger, there were certain morals that that They was ratting back then, too. <laughs> they was ratting back then when I was some, little. Some I just shit. was too young to know. Huh. You know, I, I listened to that, but I was fortunate enough to come up under some, some individuals that were silent. You know, that taught me, you know, they imputed, you know, wisdom and knowledge in me and taught me one thing. You know, man, you're a man of morals and principles. If you be a rat, you might as well let a nigga fuck you. You a rat. Wow. You know, but they don't look at it like that no more. They don't look at the game like that no more. TV got it looking like it's great. You know, like on, uh, what that movie was? Nino Brown. He read it on there. Uh, New Jack City. Yeah, he read it. Right. They like talking about Frank Lucas. Even though he told on the police, he told. You can't say he told on the police. Man, that nigga read it, man. So so you don't, you don't find any distinction between telling. You mean ratting is ratting. How do you not, man, you told. That yeah. ain't being a gangster. Being a gangster is win, lose, or maybe, man. Solid. To the gristle. And, it, and it's emotional for me, bro. I get emotional about it because I got partners that's doing life right now. Not because you caught them. Not because you proved that they was guilty. But because people got on the stand and pointed the finger. You know, now this man, you done took this man from his family. Now, this little girl, I had her since she was two. She called me her daddy. I done had her since she was two. My dog, Fred Grisby, he's doing life. He's never coming home. You hear me? They say they're going to let him do 10 and let him come home, but right now they're talking about they ain't letting him come home. Hmm. You know, but, you know, prayer changes all things. But not because they found, they did, you know, CSI and got evidence and all that. No. They didn't do that. They didn't do forensics or none of that. He, yeah, Someone a nigga got, told on him. On a nigga got on the stand and pointed the finger, man. Two niggas to be exact. Two niggas to be exact. I feel you. Po street niggas. G gold teeth. Street niggas, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. Yeah. I could name a, that, that's just a story. That's somebody, that's one individual that's close to me. I can name a few individuals that's close to me. That niggas done told on. How many, how many friends do you think you've lost through, man, viol through, through violence? Through, man, I ain't going to say violence. I'm going to say just from the streets. From the streets. Everybody I ever loved. Yeah. Everybody I ever loved, big brother. Everybody that was significant and meant something to me, they're either dead or I'm a norm for the rest of my life, but we'll never see them again because I'm a two-time convicted felon. I cannot go in a penal facility and visit anyone. Really? I can't even go see them. Oh, I, I didn't know that was the rule. All I could do is send you money. That's it. And pick up a phone, pick up a phone call. But the way my career been going lately, I can't. I don't be around the phone and answer when the people call it. I don't be wrong. Every now and then I might catch a phone call and man, what's hell, bro? You know, and, and up with you for a little while, but I'm doing this. 
And my heart with them, bro. I love them to death. Wish they was with me. But, hey, what's meant to be, meant to be. And like I say, they on their journey. I'm on my journey. I love them. I carry them with me with everything I do. But that's why I move the way I move. When you see me, no entourage, big brother. I'm yeah. out there with my little baby in the car. My newborn, he about five weeks old. And my girl, she out there with me. All right, so that was Kevin Gates from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, the rapper and songwriter talked about uh, some of the consequences of living that, that street life or living a life of crime, you know what I'm saying? So let's go as quickly as possible through some of the things that he said. All right, now, one of the first things he said was, I never ratted on nobody. And to rat on someone basically means to tell on someone or to snitch, you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, if... If we rob a store, let's say we rob a liquor store for some money and the police catch me and they don't catch you. And the police tell me, all right, if you give us the name of the other person that robbed the store with you, then you will spend less time in jail or you won't go to jail at all. So then I tell them my friend's name or you in this case, I tell them your name and they go find you and take you to jail. I just ratted on you. I just snitched on you. I just told on you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and he said, I look in the mirror and I say, Kevin, I fuck with you. Now, I fuck with you. I mean, there's various meanings to that expression. But in this case, if I say I fuck with you, it means that um, I like you. I respect you. You know what I'm saying? I think you're cool. It basically means I respect you. I fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, he said, I always stood tall win lose or maybe now to stand tall is an expression that basically means to be a man or to be a woman but a real man or a real woman somebody that you know stands on their two feet and they stand you know to stand tall basically means to have good posture to stand up straight but obviously there's a deeper more metaphorical meaning to that and it means to to be strong to be confident to be independent take care of yourself don't run from anything don't be afraid of anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, just to um, to be strong and, and respectable, you feel me? Um, and then he said, I don't want to be somebody that gets tricked out of my position with words. Now, what he's trying to say is when he says tricked out of my position, he means I don't want to let somebody manipulate me with their words to the point where I want to fight or get violent or, you know, perhaps go to jail. You know, so if people come around you talking shit, you know, uh, saying negative things or, or trying to trying to get inside your head with their words, you can't let th you can't let that affect you is what he's trying to say. You can't let them trick you out of your position. You know what I'm saying? And then a lot of times during the clip, you probably heard him say, you heard me. I don't know about that. You heard me. I'm doing this. You heard me. And you heard me is an expression that really you only hear in New Orleans. Not New Orleans. I guess Louisiana, but definitely New Orleans. Um, that's the only place I've ever heard it. And you heard me is like, it's an expression the same way I say, you feel me? People in New Orleans say, you heard me. And it just means, do you understand me? Do you do you see where I'm coming from? Right? Can you, can you relate to what I'm saying? You feel me? And then he said, um, beef I don't discuss. Now, beef is actually a type of meat it's cow meat we call that beef but in this context beef is like drama or problems with another person so if i got beef with you 
It means I got a problem with you, a personal problem. I got beef with you, all right? Um, every time I go to jail, I got to lay down. In this context, lay down basically means it's like the opposite of standing tall. When you lay down for someone, it means that you give them power over you. You 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 give up, you know what I'm saying? You 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 just accept whatever somebody else is trying to do to you. You lay down. The same way it's like you submit. That's a better way of saying it. It's like you submit. All right. Um and then he said, Why do I always get the short end of the stick? The raw end of the deal. Now the short end of the stick is an expression that basically means you get you get uh the the worst part of the consequences. You get the worst consequences in the situation. You know, there's five of us in this situation, but if I get the short end of the stick, that means that I get the worst consequences. I get the worst part of the situation. Everybody else's situation is better than mine. You see what I'm saying? Um and then he said Rappers want to associate themselves with D-boys, you know, people that hustle. And a D-boy, somebody that hustles, is somebody that, you know, is selling drugs. Normally in the streets, that's what they mean when they say, I'm hustling. I'm a D-boy. It means I'm selling drugs. I, I'm not sure, but I think D and D-boy stands for drugs. I don't really know, but I just imagine, you know. But a D-boy is somebody that sells drugs. Um, and he said, you're really just putting their family in jeopardy. Now, jeopardy, to put something in jeopardy means to put something in danger or to put something at risk. You see what I'm saying? So by associating with other rappers and putting the the, the spotlight on them, you're putting them and their family in danger because the police aren't just going to investigate you, the famous rapper. They're going to investigate the drug dealer that you associate yourself with. And they're going to find out that he's selling drugs and then take him to jail. And then his family is going to have to suffer those consequences. You see? And then he said, uh, niggas tell, niggas rat, niggas kill, niggas jack, niggas hate on their homeboys. Now, the word nigga, I'm sure you've heard it before if you've ever listened to a rap song or watched TV at any point. But um, what he's trying to say is people, people betray their friends, people steal from their friends, and people hate their friends, you know, secretly. You know, so it's not that the police are the reason that so many people go to jail is really friends betraying their friends. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no there's no loyalty in this game that they play. You see? Um, and then he said, you got to be solid to the gristle. Now, to be solid is like to be strong. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't you don't fold under pressure. You know, you can deal with pressure. You can deal with tough times or, you know what I'm saying? things of that nature you're solid like a rock you're solid to the gristle basically i don't really know what he means by that you know i think it's something that people say where he's from like in new orleans i've never heard that expression before but i imagine that it means until the end solid until the end no matter what happens you know then he said he's a two-time convicted felon so he can't go into a penal facility and visit anyone now a convicted felon is somebody that has been convicted of committing a felony crime like murder or um man i can't even think of any other felony crimes but you know there's levels of crimes like misdemeanors um and then you got felonies with a felony is a very serious crime 
like murder, for example. So he's been convicted of a felony crime twice, which means he can't go into a prison and visit other criminals. It's against the law. And then he said, um, I might get on the phone and ep with you for a little while. Now, I don't know what ep actually means, but in this context, I understand he's saying I might get on the phone and talk with you for a little while. Again, it's a different dialect, so I don't know exactly what he meant. All right. Now, again, we got a lot of people and a lot of uh, expressions of vocabulary to discuss. So let's get on to the next person, which is, hold on, Rich Homie Kwan. Now, Rich Homie Kwan uh, was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. He's a rapper and a songwriter. And in this audio clip, he's going to talk about smoking weed. All right. So let's get into it. You smoke a lot of marijuana. Yeah, I don't think nothing wrong with that though. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 earthly. Good thing I ain't out here. You know what I'm saying? On no other no hard drugs like so. Weed and liquor is enough for me, man. You feel me? I ain't shining no liquor brands, but you know what I'm saying? We open for negotiations. I'm ready to take my talent, talents wherever. You know what I'm saying? Whoever the highest bidder is, Diddy get at me. Anybody making cognac get at me. When it comes to smoking, though, how often do you smoke these days? Bro, I gotta smoke a pound. I mean, I gotta smoke like a zip a day <clears throat> to stay sane. So I say about an ounce of weed a day. Every 16 days, about a pound. You, you know, said, we careless. You said stay sane. I know smoking does different things for different people. Yeah. What does it do for you exactly? And when you say stay sane, like when I say stay sane, it's just more like stay mellow. You know what I'm saying? Stay. When I'm not smoking, I'm more anti. I'm off. I'm off pitch a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when I'm smoking, I'm cool. Like, I smoked a blunt before I came in here, if you could tell. That's why we ain't left yet. But if I hadn't smoked no blunt, it should have been over 30 minutes ago smoking. I ain't gonna lie. Is there a favorite strain you enjoy smoking? Uh, no, nah, I just prefer it got to be an OG Kush. I ain't even, I don't even really get into all the names, because niggas be lying. If I know if I was selling weed, niggas like gelato, I know I got some perk. I'm going to tell you gelato, so I don't even get into the name. Just give me some OG, bro, some Kush. How do you smoke it? Um, what you mean? Bat, I, well, I prefer a Batwood. I le- left the cigarette, cigarette all alone. I hit a bong every now and then, depending on the situation. My album dropped on the 16th, so we're going to definitely smoke a bong then. Do you remember the first time you smoked marijuana? Yes, I remember the first time I smoked marijuana. I smoked marijuana with my uncle, with my uncle Jesse and his two friends. One was named Gilbert and one named was Darryl. They had been smoking. I was like in the ninth grade. Mm. And I knew I was high because I was in the mirror for an hour, kept telling myself I ripped my eyes when red. You feel me? And I think after that day there, it was over with. So the first time you smoke, because I understand some people when they smoke for the first time, they don't get high. Some yeah. do, some don't. See, like, I, I guess I thought I went high, but I had to be high. Who you know, standing in the mirror for an hour trying to see but my eyes red. So I knew I was high, but I knew it was like, it was a high light. But, you know, my mama them didn't really like it because they telling you all the story. Oh, you see your uncle, you see your uncle so-and-so. You're going to start out with weed and you're going to want another high. Like, mama, you know what I'm saying? Not, not me, I'm going to be good. And you got to think, look, the weed in hands, like what I do. It helps my creative process. You know what I'm saying? Being that I don't write, it's a curse a little bit because I be forgetting a lot of shit. But I don't be tripping though. It's just part of my my artist shit, you know what I'm saying? 
So the first time you actually smoked marijuana, your mom caught you? Nah, I didn't get caught. It just, I started lacking off. Mm. Fall asleep in class, not going to ba baseball practice, and you know, typical high school, high school student type shit, smelling myself, you know. She might have came in my room, found guts in the trash can or some shit. And that's when she had the conversation about maybe this can be a gateway to other drugs. Yeah, like at first she was tripping. Then, you know, like in the other moment, baby, you can't be smoking outside. Come on in the garage because it's been right to catch you. I ain't coming to get your ass out of jail. So she started letting me smoke in the garage. But I had the coolest moment. Like I got the coolest moment. You feel me? So roll up. But you couldn't smoke in the house. So what that do? Inspire you to buy your own how to smoke in. Can marijuana be a gateway for other drugs? When you say gateway, like what you mean? Like your mom had alluded to, you know, you start with marijuana, you might want to high from a different type of yeah. drug or a higher experience or but a I'm, different feeling. I don't know because I can't, you know what I mean? I ain't trying to play with other drugs. And I didn't, I wasn't in like no drug household. Like, I ain't see a lot of hard drugs growing up. I just heard about them. You feel me? That's your typical, that's your typical kid from the hood. Like, we don't see it, but we know it's going around. You know what I mean? My mom and my dad went on that type of shit, so. As far as hard drugs, nah, you might smell a blunt get fired up every head and there. You know, what kid don't ain't gonna experiment with smoking? You're gonna find out what you like. You're either gonna be drinking or smoking, one or the other. That's what you're gonna start out doing, bro. That's just life. Your peers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, peer pressure's a motherfucker. You know what I mean? I wanted to see how it felt with, you know what I'm saying? Some red eyes, low eyes. Walking in class with the weed smell, everybody knowing you. Like, yeah, I just wanted that attention. All right, so that was Rich Homie Quan from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, the rapper and songwriter talking about his experiences smoking weed. Now, let's go through uh, some of the things that he said in this clip. Now, one of the first things he said was, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with smoking weed. That's earthly. Now, earthly is just, it's, it's, it's an adjective that basically means of the earth. So he's saying there's nothing wrong with smoking weed because it comes from the earth. It's a plant. You can grow it and smoke it. It's natural. Then he said, uh, he started talking about liquor. And he said, I ain't shouting out no liquor brands. And to shout out somebody or something basically means like to say their name on, a, how can I say, on a broadcast or in a video, some type of public venue. So if I say, let's say I'm receiving an award for best podcaster of 2019 and when i receive the, the award i give a speech and i say i want to give a shout out to joe rogan he inspired me to do this so i just shouted out joe rogan i called his name in public to let people know uh or to call how can i say that to bring people's attention to this person or this thing that's to shout someone out to give a shout out all right uh cognac is a type of liquor Okay, he said, um, anybody making cognac, you know, get at me, contact me. Cognac is a type of liquor. And then he said, I smoke a zip a day to stay sane. And a zip is like slang for an ounce of marijuana, 28 grams of marijuana. We call that a zip, all right? Because you can fit 28 grams of marijuana into a Ziploc bag, a plastic bag that you kind of, you zip to lock it. Anyway. 
and then he said, if I don't smoke, I'm anti. I'm off. I'm off pitch. And what he means is I'm kind of like anti-social. I'm, I'm not myself. And I don't feel like myself if I'm not smoking. You know what I'm saying? And he said, I smoked a blunt before I came in here. And a blunt is basically when you roll weed into a cigarillo, like a cigar, we call that a blunt. When you roll weed into rolling papers, we call that a joint. Okay, so a blunt is basically weed rolled into a tobacco cigar. Um, And then he said, niggas be lying. You feel me? And what he means is people tend to lie. People have a habit of lying. Like drug dealers, let's say the drug dealer knows that people want to smoke kush, but he has, you know, perp. He's going to call what he has Kush because he knows it's going to sell. So he said people lie. So he doesn't really care about the names of the weed. He just likes to smoke some kind of Kush. And Kush is uh, a strain of weed. All right. It's a type of weed. Um, And he said he likes to smoke backwoods. He stopped smoking cigarillos. And sometimes he'll smoke a bong. Now, backwood is really just a tobacco leaf. It's the name of the brand. It's called Backwood. And what they sell is is tobacco leaf cigars. So you take tobacco, you take the tobacco out of the tobacco leaf, and then you put the weed inside the leaf and you roll it up and you smoke it. That's a Backwood. A cigarillo is basically a small cigar. Okay. And then uh, a bong is a glass pipe that you use to smoke weed. All right? It's a very long glass pipe. You put water in it. It's hard to explain, and this probably isn't the best time or place to explain it, but it's just, it's a glass pipe that you use to smoke weed, all right? Um, And then he said, I knew I was high. Now, when somebody's on drugs, like, you know how if you drink liquor, you get drunk. Eventually, you get drunk. If you smoke weed, eventually, you get high. You don't get drunk off smoking weed, you get high. That's what we call the mind state that you get after doing some kind of drug you know what i'm saying um let's see here he said i don't be tripping now tripping is 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 slang it's like an expression that we use to to describe someone that that is um uncomfortable or maybe offended or yeah normally it's like uncomfortable if i'm tripping i'm like i'm not comfortable I, i don't feel good you know, maybe I'm a little offended or something like that. So when he says I don't be tripping, he means I I don't really care. I'm not I'm not bothered by whatever he was talking about. You know what I'm saying? And then he said um, I started lacking off, and what that means is I started I started to stop paying attention to the details. I started to do things in a less than proper way. I started becoming unorganized. I started uh you know giving less effort and stuff like that i was lacking then he said i started smelling myself all right now not literally because to smell something is like you know you you sniff it to see what it smells like to smell the odor of something but smelling myself the expression basically means i start feeling myself i become very arrogant you know i think that I start to think that I'm the shit. I start to think I'm better. I start to think, you know, I'm super cool, you know, and I just become a really arrogant person. I'm smelling myself. All right. And then he said that uh, he was just a typical kid from the hood. 
And the hood is another word or another way of describing the ghetto, right? The inner city, normally, you know, it's a poor neighborhood. Uh, it tends to be a little bit more dangerous because it's a poor neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the hood, the ghetto. And then he said uh, peer pressure is a motherfucker. Now, peer pressure is the pressure that you get from your peers, you know, or your friends or the people around you. So if all your friends in school are smoking weed and then they try to encourage you to smoke weed, you are experiencing what we call peer pressure. They're putting the pressure on you to do something that they're doing, even if maybe you don't necessarily want to do it. You feel the pressure to do it anyway. That's peer pressure. And the expression motherfucker, like when he said peer pressure is a motherfucker, what he's saying is peer pressure is uh, is difficult. It's, it's hard, man. It's uncomfortable. It's not something that we like. You know, it's unpleasant. It's a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, let's get on to the next guest. Uh, the young lady, Devin Greesom, I believe her last name is. Devin Greesom, who was born in Tennessee. And she moved to Alabama at some point in her life, but um, she she grew up in the South, all right? And you're going to hear that in her accent. And she's an actress on the TV show Sweet Home Alabama, all right? Now, she's getting interviewed, and she's basically going to talk about how she got the role for this TV show, how, she, how the company found her and her experience acting on this TV show, all right? So let's check it out. Well, Devin's going to be joining us now, and we've got to ask her, Devin, you're from Tennessee, but went yes. to Alabama. What do the volunteer fans think about that? Um, well, my dad is a huge UT Vol fan, actually, and my mom's actually an Ole Miss fan. So I've, I had two SEC pools kind of pulling me in different directions, but I've always been an Alabama fan. Um, Roll Tide since I was little. <laughs> well, Devin, let's talk about your hit show, Sweet Home Alabama. How did CMT find you? Um, it's actually a funny story. They found me on Facebook and the casting company kind of, they just sent me a message saying that they'd been looking for girls in Alabama for quite some time and you know, they just hadn't found the right one. And they decided that I guess I was the right girl. And so we went through an interview process and um, it kind of was just a whirlwind from there. Well, Devin, rumor has it that you found your love of your life on the show. Now, I'm just curious, for the rest of us, what are three tips you would give us to find our sweet Southern Belle? If you are going to date a Southern Belle, I mean, I really think that, they, that guys need to understand that Southern Bells usually are not high maintenance at all. We are not impressed by, you know, um, material things. I mean, that's all good and well if... Um, if, I mean, it's not like I don't like those things, but at the same time, you know, it's it's more about what's inside that, that really counts in, in my book. So that's number one. Number two, um, Southern Bells, I think personally, should always be huge football fans. I am one of the biggest football, especially Alabama football fans you will ever meet. Um, so definitely on on game days, you will find me cheering in, in the student section of uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So you have to you have to understand that. And then thirdly, let's see. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess just just never forget that a, a girl likes to be taken out on the town every once in a while. Once once you're in a relationship, sometimes it's easy to kind of just hang out and maybe just chill at home. But it's always nice to be taken out to a dinner and a movie. 
All right, I'm just curious, Devin, did your mom and dad instantly approve the guy you picked? You know, that was something that was very important to me. My parents have been just great role models, and um, they were high school sweethearts and, you know, dated all through high school and college, and they they just have the cutest little perfect romance, and I kind of wanted to model my my dating life and my romance after that. And so their approval was very important, and I definitely, I, I have it. I got, I got their approval, so. Devin, I'm just curious. It had to be weird having all those cameras following you around on those dates. It was very strange at first. Um, on episode one, you can just tell I am a nervous wreck about all these cameras, meeting these guys, just such a, such a strange, you know, um, experience and that sort of thing. But as we go along, once I start to get to know the guys better, um, the cameras kind of fade into the background and it's more about uh, really getting to know these guys and I kind of forget the cameras are there. Well, Devin, now that you've piqued our interest on who you have picked, where and when can we tune in to watch the show? Um, well, you can tune in Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, you can always find the Sweet Home Alabama page on Facebook or on, you can find out more information on cmt.com as well. Well, Devin, we wish you all the best. And in closing, given all your well-deserved success, what advice would you give to others pursuing their dreams? You know, that's always the most important thing is, you know, never settle for, um, for less than you know than you deserve. Um, that, I guess that's my number one advice for people is just always keep striving for, for what you want in life and, um, you know, just never give up. All right, so that was Devin Greesom from uh, Tennessee, who I guess now lives in Alabama, and she was the actress on the show Sweet Home Alabama. Now, there's only a few things that I need to explain from her audio clip. Uh, the first one is she said that her dad was a UT Vol fan, and her mom was an Ole Miss fan. Now, UT is the University of Tennessee, and a Vol is short for volunteer. I guess that's their mascot. You know, it's a college or a university here in the United States. And then Ole Miss is the university in Mississippi. Miss is short for Mississippi, all right? And then SCC, I don't remember exactly what those letters represent. It's an acronym for something related to football, all right? So she was saying that her, her father is a fan of one team, her mother is a fan of another team. So she was kind of, you know, she had difficulty choosing which team to be a fan of when she was a kid. And then she started to talk about how she got chosen to be the actress on this show and she said once the company contacted her it was kind of a whirlwind and a whirlwind is like imagine something like a tornado just lots of wind you know this big storm everything's kind of crazy you know it's, it's hard to focus on one thing everything's happening so fast you know what i'm saying that's a whirlwind right um and she said southern southern bell ah southern bell is a term used to refer to your classic, you know, stereotypical Southern white woman who is real sweet and she talks like this and she's dainty and, and really pretty. You know, I don't really know where that term comes from, Southern Belle. Maybe I should have done more research to explain it to you, but it's just a term that a lot of people use to refer to Southern women. And in my experience, most of the time it's Southern white women, all right? She's saying Southern Bells or Southern women, are not very high maintenance. You know what I'm saying? And to be high maintenance means like 
it means that you need a lot to, to maintain yourself. So if a Southern woman is not high maintenance, it means you don't really need a lot of things to make her happy. You don't have to buy her a bunch of cars and clothes and get a big mansion and, and, and buy her gold necklaces and shit like that. She's really happy with the simple things in life. You know what I'm saying? She's low profile or low key. You don't need a lot of things to make her happy. You know, she's not really impressed by material things. You know, what's more important is what's on the inside, like who you are as a person is what she was trying to say. And then she said something like, uh, that's what's important in my book. Now, in my book is an expression that we use to say, in my opinion, right? In my, imagine like in my little book of thoughts and opinions, that's what it is. So if I say in my book, Tony Kazan is the best podcaster in the world, it means in my opinion, you know, if you ask me. This is what it is, all right? Um, and then he's, she said something like, uh, even though we're not high maintenance, we still like to be taken out on the town. And that's an expression that basically means taken out for a date, you know, take her to the movies or to a concert or to uh, the park or something like that. Just take her out of the house and show her a good time. You know, they still enjoy that kind of thing every once in a while, you know, from time to time. And she said that her parents were high school sweethearts. Now, this is an expression that basically means two people that met in high school and then they started dating in high school. They they continued to date uh, in, in college and then they got married. All right. So two people that got married that started dating back in high school. That's your high school sweetheart, your high school lover, you know. And um, when she was talking about giving advice, she said, uh, never settle, keep striving. And to settle basically means to accept the current circumstances instead of trying to achieve more, trying to get more. So you settle for less than the thing that you that you wanted originally. You know what I'm saying? That means to settle. So she's saying never do that. Never settle when you're chasing your dreams and keep striving. Right. Which means to keep chasing after your dreams, dreams, keep trying to to achieve more to keep striving you know and that's it for Devin Greaser man so last on the list is Miss Pat all right now this audio clip is much longer we're almost at an hour here so this episode is going to go a little bit past an hour today all right but last but not least is Miss Pat now she was born and raised in Atlanta Georgia and she's a stand-up comedian and also a podcast host And in this clip from the Joe Rogan experience, she's going to talk about her experience moving from Atlanta, Georgia to Indianapolis and also raising her niece's children. And I think her sister's children as well. Basically, her her experience becoming a mother of various children, you know, so let's let's check it out. Ah, and one more thing. This audio clip is actually much longer. I think it's almost, you know, 11 or 12 minutes or something like that. But it's a really interesting story that I thought you might enjoy. So um, listen to the whole thing and just see if you can if you can follow along and understand what she's trying to what she's talking about. All right. Now, let's check it out. Boom. Miss Pat, we're live. What's up? How are you? Hey, great to see you again. Glad to be back. Man, this studio is better than my house. (laughs) Crap. I'm gonna go home and tell my husband we need to move in Joe Rogan's studio. There's not a lot of room for extra people. I, I know, but. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I was just fantasizing. Are you still in Indianapolis? Um, unfortunately. You don't like it there? Hell no. <laughs> I, I like.
like my fans, but I, I'm, I'm black, and you know it's snow, and snow and oh. weave don't go together, oh. and it, you know. <laughs> I just don't like it. It's the same. Everybody eat at Applebee's and Golden Corral. I need mm. culture. I culture. Want, yeah, where culture. Would you, what about Chicago? I'm cool. I want to go back to Atlanta. Atlanta. That's there where I want to be. I want to be in Atlanta. I, I wanna, love Atlanta. Yes. Man, the food, the yes. people. Yes. Uh, I just, I want to walk out my door and smell Mexican, Indian, all type of spices. All I Everything. smell in my community is duck shit and tiki torches. So, <laughs> Tiki and, and dryer ah. sheets because <laughs> white women do their laundry. Dryer sheets. Yeah, I need some culture. I need to walk outside and see all types of people. And isn't it weird how places just never develop a lot of culture? Some places just the spots just never get any more interesting. Yeah, it's just it's so boring. Everybody go uh-huh. to church. Nobody curse. And when I come out my door and if I'm talking to a neighbor, and I use profanity. <gasps> oh my god! I said I'm not gonna change my language because you decide to walk your dog today and stop and talk to me. <laughs> you tried to talk to me, and everybody pick up their dog shit in my community. And and where I'm from, <laughs> hey, that was fertilizer. <laughs> so <laughs> you see your neighbor with a big old pound of dog crap in his hand. I'm like, dude, no, no. I don't think it works as fertilizer because my dog pisses and shits on the lawn it just leaves these big old like yellow spots yeah but if you leave them long dies. enough and it rains on them they just go into the grass that's true they don't kill the grass it don't kill the grass I think the piss does the piss seems to kill the grass well I don't know we didn't have no grass mm. everybody walked through the grass I just yeah. I didn't care about lawns until I bought, came, became a homeowner yeah homeowners care about lawns homeowners care about a lot of crap you have to yeah I have a rental property in Atlanta if Ooh. I can get rid of that I would never Ever. Black people come up with some of the strangest things why they ain't got their rent. Like I supposed to care. I tell them Bank of America don't care that your mama, that your your grandchild had a seizure. I need my rent money. Put a spoon in his mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tell them about CBD. <laughs> yeah. Keeps you from getting <laughs> I, I mean, I've had so, oh, I just, I'd be so glad when I can get rid of this property. So you own a place in Atlanta? Yes. Would you live there at the place that you own? Hell no. No? No, I wouldn't live there. You don't no. like the spot? I'm a little too bougie for that, now, Joe. I'm a little too bougie. <laughs> too much I got health care. <laughs> too much success. Ms. No, Pat. not too much success. I'm a little too bougie to live back where I, but I rent it out. I rent it out. It's a nice place. But you would live in Atlanta somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to go to Peachtree City, Kennesaw. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I would live in Atlanta. I love Atlanta. Why don't you um, make your way down there? What's what's holding you in, in Indianapolis? Healthcare, Jeff. Healthcare. Uh, My husband has a really good job that we pays uh, nothing. His knee just went out. His hands done gone out, oh, no. and I can't pay for them types of things. What? Damn. He tore his ACL running to the cafeteria at work. Oh, yeah. I've done that. I've done. I tore both of them. You probably were exercising. Yes. He was going to get food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't watch this episode of Joe Rogan, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tune out now, sir. That's a rough one to recover from. It takes a six long time. months. Yeah, he was six months. Now he's he's got a carpetona in his hand, so he's getting ready to have hand surgery. Does he type? What does he? Uh... He builds the Allison transmission for Allison. Oh, for okay. General Motors. And so all. he's constantly m- yeah. moving things with his hands. Yeah, so his hand is carpal all tunnel's a bitch. My mom got that that's yeah. a rough one well i never had a job where i did that much repetition you know i sold drugs and forged <laughs> a few checks <laughs> but it wasn't an everyday thing i had to do so you have how many checks you'd have to forge before you get carpal tunnel <laughs> yeah a lot that's so a lot. once you burn 32 you don't have any more to burn you gotta wait till somebody <laughs> steal the next book plus i was really young back in the day yeah 
damn. So that's what's keeping you in Indianapolis. Healthcare. My husband got a good job. I need a TV show so I can get some really good health care. Well, your podcast is launched now. It is. What's it called? It's called The Pat Down? The Pat Down. And I have my own song, too. Oh, thank you. Yes. We're talking about Ari. Yes. About Ari getting in trouble for putting other people's songs on his podcast, and they demonetize his podcast. Yeah, my nephew, um, uh, Riverdale Shouting, made me my own little Pat Down song. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Oh, somebody made a song for you? That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I I was just trying to do something different. It's only 30 minutes of me talking crap about whatever's going on in my life. Perfect. You hear my kids in the background getting cussed out <laughs> <laughs> you hear the credit of calling me uh, and uh my co-host is a little white boy named chris who don't know nothing about black america and then i got my friend who just uh uh he's ready to go march if you if you need him to so i got <laughs> i got this libertarian and this crazy ass democrat together and i'm down the middle and say hey we can all get along and they hated each other at first how'd you get them together because they hated each other. So he you did it on purpose? Yeah, my black friend thought Chris was racist. And I was like, no, I know racist. He's not racist. He's just naive to the fact. And so I put He's him not together. What? Naived. Eved? Na- tell him what I'm trying to say. Naive. Oh, naive. 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 Yeah, naive. you got to translate. Oh. You know naive. I'm I was like, yeah, naive. Is that like Adam and Eve? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was trying to go with this. Was like, it was going? naive, but it sounded like Adam and Eve. Yes. <laughs> so it, he just didn't understand. So we get them together and we have these conversations about race. And uh, we did an episode about abortion. And Chris was like, he's really Christian. Right. And he was like, I was like, do you believe a woman should have a right to have an abortion? He just pitter patted all around. I said, oh, Chris, just say yes or fucking no. And finally he said, I don't believe a woman should have an abortion. I say, that's fine, but this is my vagina, and I can do what I want to do with it. If I want to stick firecrackers in my vagina (laughs) and turn it into the 4th of July, Joe Rogan, this is my vagina. As long as I don't get no vagina juice on you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Atlanta's got a problem now with that, right? Isn't that Georgia just passed a, a new abortion law? A lot I don't of people think it's abor- passed yet. But Tiffany Haddish, to- she just canceled her shows. Yeah. Yeah, she just canceled her shows in Atlanta because I think it passed. I think that was the idea. That's why she canceled it. I don't think it passed, Joe, because uh, the, the TV people haven't pulled out yet. Oh, you think yeah. they would if it passed? I think they would. I, think I really think they tax would. Money. Yeah. Atlanta got them in there because of tax money. Yeah, and I think they'll leave, and they, you know, a lot so? of people lose their jobs. I don't think they're gonna leave. I don't think nobody should be telling us what to do with our bodies. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I, I've been shot in the titty. I, my, one of my nipples <laughs> messed up. So that's like you trying to tell me I should get my titty fixed. If I don't want my titty fixed, it's my prerogative. I shouldn't have to have my titty fixed, right, Joe? How do you feel about late-term abortions? That's where people get scared. That now, gets, I, I don't that gets think squirrely. Yeah, I don't think you should be killing no having no abortion in those six and eight months now. I agree with and you. I don't think it should be recreation either, because I had an abortion. Recreate, you know, they're just doing it for fun. Recreation. Oh. I like Who how you translate abortions for, me. for fun. Oh, I've had a few friends. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do today? Well, right. I was thinking about riding a roller coaster, but fuck it, I'll get an abortion. I've had a few friends that had quite a few abortions. Now, I've yeah. had one myself. I mean, my in my situation, I think everybody's situation is different. My situation, I was I already had my first baby at fourteen, my second child at fifteen, and it was by a married man. Well, I got pregnant by this married man again. And I just looked at myself, I said, Here I am, sixteen, pregnant with my third child. I cannot take care of the two I got. And, you know, it was all of this stuff, like what they tell you about birth control and safe sex, that wasn't going on in the 80s. You know, people were shedding their doughs and talking, wouldn't even talk about it. Well, especially when you were a little kid. You yeah, were, you were, I'm 14. You so were I a little should, kid. I was a kid. So when I got pregnant with my third child, 
I, I became emancipated minor and divorced my mom and I went and got an abortion <sighs> because I knew he wasn't helping me with the first two. That's so crazy. So I you told take the story on the first podcast, and it's still to this day. Sometimes I'll be doing something, and I'll just think about your story and just go. <laughs> Selling drugs as a teenager, pregnant with two kids. By the time you're 16, by married man, crazy in jail. I mean, I dropped out of school in the eighth grade. You know all of that stuff, and I just said, I said. I don't want my kids to end up like me. So I was like, I can't keep having these babies. And, and after that, I got on birth control and I just prayed. I said, Lord, I don't want no more kids by this bomb. And mm. I never got pregnant. So I got married. Well, that's good. Yeah. So now I have those two. You know, I, I used to tell a bit about I got a set of Medicaid kids and a set of Blue Cross Blue Shield kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I waited till they got older. And, I mean, I got older and I, I became, I, got a, I, I started to learn about life. He taught me a lot. And so I had those last two, and I tied my twos. Very, very good move. Yeah, I'm Four done. is enough. Four, four is, is four more is a, than enough. That's a good number. All right, so that was Miss Pat from Atlanta, Georgia, the stand-up comedian and podcast host. All right, now, really quick, let's get into some of the things that she mentioned uh, during that audio clip. In the beginning, she said, I'm black, and snow and weave don't go together. Now, weave is basically... Uh, it's it's artificial hair that women put into their heads to make their hair look longer or to give their hair a different appearance. All right, that's, that's what we call weave. It's similar to a wig, except a wig, you can put it on and take it off whenever you want. A weave is actually sewn into your, your existing hair, you know, so you really can't just take it out as easily. And I think that's the point, right, to make it seem as natural and real as possible. And then she said, um, every time I leave my house, I smell duck shit and tiki torches. Now, she was being funny, but a duck is a kind of bird. So she's saying that she smells bird shit. And a tiki torch is really common uh, in some places in the United States. It's like a little, it's like a, it's like a candle. It's like a very large candle that people use in their backyards when they're having a barbecue or something like that. Just to give some light without using actual lights. All right. Um... She said her husband, his hands and his knees went out. Now, she doesn't mean go out like you're going out for a movie or something like that. When she says his hands and his knees went out, it means that they stopped functioning. You know what I'm saying? Like the same way we might say, oh, the lights went out. It means that the lights stopped working. There's no more energy. There's no more electricity. It's the same thing when she says his hands went out or his knees went out. They're bad now. They don't function the way that they're supposed to for some reason. And she said he tore his ACL. Uh, his AC, your ACL, I don't know what that stands for, but I know that it's a muscle or a ligament in your knee. So he, he injured his knee or something like that. That's his ACL. And then she said that uh, his husband has carpal tunnel as well. And carpal tunnel is basically, it's a result of nerves in your wrist or your hand being pinched, right? Or being being tightened or twisted in a strange way multiple times you know over a long period of time so your hand starts to become numb or uh you get this strange very uncomfortable feeling in your hands and wrists because you've been pinching the nerves in your hands in a very strange way for a long time all right it's carpal tunnel and um 
she said that when she was younger, she would forge a few checks. Now, to forge a check or to forge someone's signature basically means to illegally copy someone's signature on a check to steal money. For example, when you write a check to give somebody money, you have to sign it. You have to write your signature. And what some people will do is they will copy your signature and use your check to steal your money. That's forging a check or to forge a signature to falsify or to fake something. All right. And then she said back in the day, back in the day is an expression that basically just means when I was younger, um, in the past, back in the day. All right. And then, uh, she said she used the expression pitter pattered, you know, she asked uh, her friend about abortion and he pitter pattered around the subject. It basically means instead of stomping, he kind of just pitter-pattered around the subject. He danced around it. Instead of going directly to his answer, instead of getting straight to the point, he kind of avoided it, you know, because he was scared of saying what he really was thinking. He pitter-pattered, you know. Another expression that you might hear is pussyfoot. He pussyfooted around the subject. You know, he was afraid to say what he was thinking. And then uh, she said, if I want to get my titty fixed, it's my prerogative. Now, titty is another word for breast a woman's breast now you you need to know that it's like it's not a bad word but it's kind of like a vulgar word you know i wouldn't recommend that you use the word titty in any context or under any circumstances you know what i'm saying it's better to use the word breast it's less it's less vulgar you know for some people it's less offensive you know so she's she's saying that when she was younger she got shot in her breast somebody shot her in the breast and she didn't get it fixed. She didn't get any surgery to get it fixed or anything like that. And she's saying, it's my prerogative if I want to get it fixed. So if something is your prerogative, it means it's your choice. You know, it's nobody else's decision. It's nobody else's concern. It's not their prerogative. It's your prerogative, you know. And then she said uh, at one point after she had two kids by the age of 16, she got on birth control. And birth control is... It's like it's not a medicine, but it's it's a it's it's a it's a pill or a chemical that a doctor can give you to prevent you from getting pregnant. Okay, it's like you take a pill or sometimes they insert a device into your body so that even if you have sex without a condom, without any kind of contraceptive, you still will not get pregnant. That's birth control. Okay. And then she said uh, she tied her tubes after she had, I think, her fourth child. Now, to tie your tubes is an expression that we use. Basically, a woman will get her fallopian tubes tied or burned uh, in a way that prevents her from being able to get pregnant ever again. It's Well, it's virtually impossible. You see what I'm saying? So instead of saying, I tied my fallopian tubes, we just say, I tied my tubes. Okay. And then um, crack baby. Crack baby is an expression that we use to describe a baby whose parents were on crack, right? So if your mom and dad are smoking crack cocaine and then they have a baby, crack cocaine is going to be in your system. You're a crack baby. You know what I'm saying? Because you literally have crack cocaine in your system. Um, and then she said she was talking about her niece who uh, took her kids to her house and then left them there. So her niece left her with her kids and um, Joe Rogan said that she was a cunt 
and uh miss pat said no where i'm from she's a bitch now this is just again i mentioned this before in this podcast it's funny how you know due to the the history of our country sometimes you find a a difference in the way that white and black people talk not always again this is a a generalization but joe rogan says cunt and Miss Pat says, bitch, they're from two diff- totally different parts of the country with two totally different cultures. So that's just a small detail I wanted to point out to you. But basically, the word cunt and bitch, bitch uh, in this context, it's like they're, you could say, bad words or disrespectful words or derogatory words that we use normally for women. You can use them for men the same way. It happens all the time. But in this, But normally, you call women cunts and bitches. And um it's basically you know they're they're basically disres- they're they're saying that she she's not worth anything she has no morals no dignity no character you know she doesn't deserve any respect she's a bitch you know what i'm saying or in this case a cunt uh i do not recommend that you use these words although at some point in your life you will probably find yourself in a situation where these words are appropriate anyway just know they're not words that you use every day. So just uh, be careful. You know what I'm saying? But that's it, man. I really wasn't planning for this episode to be longer than an hour. We're at an hour and 12 minutes. So if you're still here with me, man, I really appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast uh, with the attempt or in the attempt to try and uh, improve your English, your vocabulary, your listening skills, man. I really hope that you're enjoying uh, these podcasts that I'm trying to put together for you, man. I really do. And when I say man, I know you might be a female. I'm not calling you man. It's just it's just a way of, of speaking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not calling you man. All right? Anyway. But yeah, now you should have a, a much better idea of uh, the way people talk down here in the South. And again... These these podcast episodes about accents are just generalizations, man. It's like you'll find plenty of people in many states in the South who sound exactly like me. And they grew up in the South. You know what I'm saying? So not everybody talks like this in the South. And not everybody talk like this in the South. You know what I'm talking about? Not everybody talks like that. You know what I'm saying? These are just generalizations to show you the classic accents that you'll find in these regions. You know what I'm saying? And now you should have a much better idea of what people sound like in the southern region of the United States. All right. And I think next week we're going to focus on the East Coast. You know, we talked about the West Coast. We talked about down south. So next in the next episode, I think we're going to focus on the East Coast, like New York, New Jersey, um, even Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Boston, you know, this region of the United States is what we're going to explore in the next episode. All right. But that's it for now, man. This has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.